Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So in keeping with our theme of trying to keep our planet beautiful, Missy Faber and Murray Fisher are with us. And they are part of a series that Aspetuck Land Trust runs of conversations, lunchtime conversations, to educate us about well, my, my, my slogan is always one lawn at a time, and I'm all about one lawn at a time. And even if it isn't a lawn, even if it's a garden, even if it's a roof garden, what any, what any kind of patch of land that you can assert a little bit of domination and control over to make it a, a beautiful, greener, more hospitable planet, I think all of us are in this together. Missy Faber and Murray Fisher, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today. Hello, hello. Hello, thank you. Thank you so much. So, Missy, hi, hi, Murray. Hi, Missy. So tell me a little bit. uh, First of all, Missy, tell me a little bit uh, about your background. What are you, why is it that you're so interested in this? What, What are you doing? Tell me. Um, well, so um, Marie and I are both with Planet Wild, which is a sustainable landscaping company. And my background really is in ecological design. So I'm looking at landscapes from both an ecological standpoint as well as a design standpoint. Missy, do you and have the best possible – Missy, do you have the best possible connection mm-hmm. that you can have? It's not that crisp. I hope I'm not on speakerphone or in a car. Try and give me a crisper connection if you can. I, Okay. Okay. Do the best that you can. Is this any better? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It sounds okay. better. Yes, I apologize. that's okay. Murray Fisher, tell me a little bit about you. What brings you to this conversation? Sure. Well, I'm someone who's uh, been sort of my. I grew up on a farm in Virginia, moved to New York, and worked to create the New York Harbor School and the Billion Oyster Project, uh, trying to connect kids and New Yorkers to nature. Did that for almost 20 years, and then moved up here to Westchester. Had a backyard. Uh, realized that it was a lot of grass and a lot of maintenance and a lot of cost. And I was interested in understanding whether or not I, I read Doug Tallamy's book. Me too. I had him on the home. show, by the way. We've had uh, Doug on the he's show. Amazing. 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 And I yeah. said, why don't I, try to, why don't I try to introduce more nature to my backyard and started planting native plants and trees and cataloging those. And over four years, I've documented 1,200 species in my backyard. And now working with Planet Wild, I want to try and share that joy and that uh, incredible project that I've done with, with, with people across the, the county. Okay, so let's just hold on a minute, Murray. 1,200 species. Where are you in Westchester County? Are you on an average third of an acre someplace or in some, you know, two to three acre bucolic paradise? Where are you? 
Where are you? Most of I'm, I'm in Bedford, New York. Okay, well that's beautiful. Um, our, Thank you. Uh, but most of our most of those species are in a meadow that I created with Planet Wild, that is 1,200 square feet. Wow. And that's where we've got a little bit of woods, but it's really mostly just um, pollinators that are coming to visit dozens of different species of wildflowers. And I'm just amazed that every day I go out there, try and spend about 45 minutes observing what's there, and every day I find a new species. So by planting the right plants, you have created a mecca. You have created this extraordinary magnet for all these other insects and creatures to come. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. It's a, it's a backyard safari. I tell my wife, we don't need to go anywhere. I can go back there with our kids and explore and find and have discovery in ways that is so joyful that we just want to share it with everybody and say it's actually cheaper and much better for the earth and much more fun than maintaining a regular lawn. Okay, this is very, very exciting. Uh, Murray, have you created some kind of a written blueprint of the essential plants that one would want to have to plant to create a meadow? Well, that's why I'm going to pass it over to Missy because that's exactly what she'll be talking about tomorrow with uh, our our relationship with Aspetuck Land Trust and how we're going to try and provide that blueprint or a bunch of different blueprints to uh, the members of the Aztec Land Trust in Connecticut. Missy Faber, so tell us, I know the, the Lunch and Learn is tomorrow from 12 to 1 on a Friday, and the details, I guess, are in aspetuclandtrust.org. Is this in person or on Zoom, or both? This is going to be, uh, it's going to be on Zoom, okay. so it's going to be a virtual talk. And so, Missy, tell us, what can people expect if they tune into the talk? So we're um, going to be talking a little bit about how uh, Planet Wild um, how we approach kind of rewilding uh, backyards one yard at a time. So we'll be talking a little bit about how we how we look to kind of really use like best ecology, the best science out there from an ecological perspective, and then apply that in terms of when we're creating um, these gardens. And we have something new we're calling Terra Patches, which are, as Murray said, really a blueprint. So it's a um, you know set list of really important species, some like keystone species, which support a lot of, of caterpillars, as well as other um, species that attract uh, birds and um, pollinators. And then that's something that a homeowner can just look at this blueprint and, and do in their own backyard and start to kind of chip away at that lawn. So I, I don't really have much of a lawn anymore in my backyard. I sort of have a, a house where I have a one-acre ha- one lot, and the house occupies, uh, let's say, the front third. So two-thirds mm-hmm. are in the backyard. And it is bordered by a stream, and it is a natural running stream that literally borders the property. And over time, uh, there has been a tremendous saturation of the dirt even in front of the stream. Uh, to sure. the point where it looks like there's another rivulet that's coming. And I planted four trees last year, including a weeping willow, because I'm told over time it'll drink a lot of that water because it's, it's, mm-hmm. too, it's too watery. I think it's changing the dynamic. But nonetheless, it isn't lawn. It's a lot of moss. It's a lot of whatever you would call it. It isn't, it isn't lawn. How could I create that existing almost wetland into some kind of a meadow or, or some kind of an attractive something for the right kind of species. I would love to do that. Love it. But it needs to drink a lot of water, whatever it is. Um, so there's, there's several things you can do. I mean, the first thing is you can 
if it's a wet area, you can look at species that are going to thrive in a wet meadow situation, and there are several wetland species. Um, another thing I recommend that is often missing in the landscape is that ground layer, which really does help to slow down water, especially along banks. So planting really densely and using species that will, again, are adapted to those conditions, I think will help. And so that's sort I, of what I would recommend. And when you say species, we're talking about different plants, correct? Oh, I think, yes. We're talking about native plant species. And when I say species, I'm talking about all different kinds of plants. So I'm talking about uh, something called sedges, which are low-growing grass-like plants. Um, as well as your usual uh, perennials I think people mostly know about, and also shrubs. Shrubs are actually one of the key things that are missing in our landscapes right now because of the deer. Really? And the impact that deer have on our ecosystem. Yes. So if you walk in the woods, there's no shrubs anymore. Okay. Uh, Except for invasive ones. (laughs) Yeah, the invasive is another whole conversation. All those terrible vines those terrible yep. vines and that horrible signature orange thing at the base of them, and you say, aha, I've got it. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. Once you start <laughs> noticing the vines, you can't stop noticing them. It's like your eyes are open forever, and you're afraid for all the forests because they've really taken over in Fairfield County. It's extraordinary. They're just twisting mm-hmm. around all the trees, all the trees, all the trees. But let me go back to the shrubs for a moment. So I am a person who believes that I should share my backyard with the deer. I love the deer. Okay. I don't feed them. You know, but I also don't deprive them of food. So if they come to my backyard and they eat my shrubs, I'm okay with it. I'm just one of these people that are okay with it. I don't mind sharing. So are you suggesting that I plant shrubs that continue to remain food for deer? Or are there shrubs that will accomplish what we want to accomplish in the backyard that maybe the deer just don't like? Um, Well, you could do both, honestly. So there are, if if you were fine sharing your yard with deer. So um, some of the great shrubs for wetland areas is something called winterberry. Um, It has red berries in the winter that it's attractive and the birds eat. Um, So the deer will nibble on that one. But there's another shrub that I really like called wither rod, um, which is a smooth or smooth wither rod. And that's one that the deer tend not to eat and also has a lot of wildlife value um, with its flowers in the spring and berries in the fall. It also has beautiful fall color. Wonderful. Uh, Kind of this orange, crimson, yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, and are you saying we should just stick shrubs in places where it looks like there's grassy area? Just stick them in there? Just, just put them in? 
No, I'm not necessarily. I'm just I'm saying shrubs are an important part when you're um, thinking about re- rewilding your lawn. Uh, again, because they're that missing layer, and so I'm saying I'm actually proposed. Propose, excuse me, I actually believe in planting in layers. So where you do have that essential ground cover layer, and then you have your shrubs, and under you know the ground covers underneath the shrubs, and then you can also incorporate oh. those. Um, flowering perennials if, if you desire. So you're saying, let's just say, the only ground cover name I know of is Pachysandra because I'm a complete ignor- <laughs> yeah. ignoramus when it comes to botany. But most people know what Pachysandra looks like, okay? That's your average ground cover around here. You're saying plant Correct. the Pachysandra, but then in the Pachysandra, put in flowers and put in shrubs in it so that you have a lot of different root systems right there. Is that what you're saying? Well, not exactly, because okay. I would not saying? plant Pachysandra, because it's not, I would plant a native ground cover, one that's native to the Northeast. What's wrong with Pachysandra? Um, it's been around forever. I'm 60 years. It's native um, enough. I grew up with Pachysandra everywhere. <laughs> How is it not native? How I, long has it been here? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, it was planted as an ornamental just for that reason, for ground cover. But the pro- a problem with Pachysandra is that it tends to take over in our woodlands. And again, that suppresses some of our native woodland wildflower species. Uh, because of the way it covers the ground so densely. But there are other substitutes out there that will do the same job that are native to this area and do provide benefits to insects and wildlife. One of them is called golden ground cell. Um, It remains evergreen, has beautiful yellow flowers early in the spring, and it's a wonderful substitute for Pachysandra or Vinca, because that's another one I think everybody is familiar with. uh, And that is not native either? The Vinca? No, okay. no, no. Okay. Pachysandra's from Japan. But there, we do have a native Pachysandra, actually, believe it or not, but it does not remain evergreen in the same way. Mm, interesting. So that's yeah. so we're chatting with Missy Faber and Murray Fisher. So, Murray, uh, you're, I mean, if you did the, let, we can just, let's just let people know about this extraordinary oyster project since you worked on it for all those years. Because I still think a lot of people don't know. I've done shows on it. It's it's so unbelievable. Can you just tell us about the wonder of oysters? Sure, sure. Well, we had um, oysters. We, we, we When we moved Harbor School to Governor's Island, we realized that New York Harbor was our classroom. And yet it was still polluted and inaccessible and didn't have nearly any of the biodiversity and abundance it used to have. So we wanted to make it a great classroom for everyone. We wanted to make a great place for people to be able to use. And in order to do that, we looked back and realized through the book, The Big Oyster, that New York City used to have one of the biggest oyster populations in the world, 200,000 square miles of oyster reefs. It would have filtered all of the water throughout the lower Hudson. It would have created habitat for hundreds of species of fish and animals and plants, and also would have helped protect the city from storms, the islands in New York from storms. And so we decided to try to restore some tiny fraction of that oyster-dominated habitat, which we called the Billion Oyster Project, and we wanted to engage a million public school kids in doing it. And so oysters, not only they filter water, a gallon of water an hour, they remove all the particulate matter, but they also build upon each other just like coral and create, they're essentially the temperate water analogs of coral reefs. Really? That, that I've that never habitat. heard them described that way. That's a really good analogy. That's a very quick shorthand analogy to help people understand. The temperate right. water analogy lost, of coral reefs. Okay, got it. 
Yep, and we've lost 85% of the oyster reefs around the world, so they're much more threatened marine ecosystems than coral reefs. But because they've been gone for, in some cases, hundreds of years, we don't even realize that it's a shifting baseline where we didn't know that New York Harbor and the lower Hudson River was one of the most abundant and biodiverse estuaries on the planet because none of us have known it that way. So mm-hmm. it's been a thrilling experiment an initiative to engage all New Yorkers and trying to help us restore that. And, uh, you know, frankly, I'm looking at Planet Wild and you know, Doug Tallamy and the effort to sort of rewild American backyards as a similar joyful experiment in reconnecting Americans back to the incredible biodiversity that they had and in some cases still have. And sort of uh, it's been a, a really interesting to try to take some of the lessons of a big public-private par- partnership in New York City and bring it up here to uh, to Westchester and Fairfield. Well, my argument has always been one lawn at a time. That's just my mantra. We, we I think the first year that there was no mow May, I convinced my husband to not mow. And so he got me three weeks the first year, but last year was four. And uh, then we went to, instead of mowing our lawn every week, we now mow every other week, much to the consternation of my landscaper, who I really do not care about in that sense. And um, we are, um, and we're just, we just keep moving. I have never used pesticides on my lawn in 33 years, so that was easy. And so basically I don't have a lawn. I have a green space. It's not a lawn. It doesn't look like a lawn. It looks like a lot of clover. It looks like some purple mm-hmm. flowers that I don't know the name of in the spring. It's got a bunch of dandelions on it. And I don't really care because it's green. So what do I care? It doesn't have to be. No, every, I'm not an OCD person anyway. These people that have to have every blade of glass in the right direction, I always wonder about, you know, other things in their lives. Okay. It's like, really. But um, Yeah. We're, yeah. you know, just like you're describing our sort of basic thesis is we want to just try to help people go through the process of thinking of their lawns as a part of the planet that they own Mm -hmm. and that they can help make them turn them from an environmental liability which most of them are because of the emissions that come from our landscaping because of all the chemicals and pollutants and because of the lack of biodiversity their environmental liabilities they can become an environmental asset and that is our sort of lowest hanging fruit for large scale, if you aggregate lawns across the country, 40 million acres, more than corn or soybeans or any other crop, if you can aggregate all of these lawns and flip them from an environmental liability to environmental asset, it's the lowest hanging fruit for large scale carbon sequestration and stopping extinction crisis here in North America. Okay, so, so th- a- this is beautiful. So both of you are going to be giving your talk tomorrow between 12 and 1? Uh, yes, I'll be presenting between 12 and 1. Um, I think Marie. I'll be listening. You'll be listening. You'll be listening. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you both came on to talk with us about it. AspatonLandTrust.org does phenomenal things, uh, and I think education is probably one of the most important things that you do do. And so uh, is there a way that you're go- – other than for the people that are able to attend this particular event – Will you be spreading the education about this blueprint so that those of us who are considering how we're going to plan for the spring can have a copy of these native plants that you suggest? Well, all the webinars are recorded, so you could listen to it if you can't attend in person. 
Um, and then, um, you know, what you're talking about is what Planet Wild does provide, which is a design and install, um, which includes these kind of blueprints that we were talking about. So um, our website is planetwild.com, and it's spelled P-L-A-N-I-T-W-I-L-D.com. So if you Google that, that also kind of will give you some information. Thank you very much, Missy Faber and Murray Fisher, for being on the Lisa Wexler Show today. And thank you for making this a better world. Well, Well, thank you so much for having us. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com. 